You'll know when you have a wild woman. She'll practice her craft without boundaries. She is truly autonomous. Her loyalty is only to the family she serves, a midwife who will not allow herself to be held back by a system she didn't create. This podcast is for the birth keepers who want to grow and change. We're open to learning through self-reflection and supportive community. We are creating this space to explore without judgment. We are remembering we were born wild. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Born Wild podcast. We're your hosts, Sophia, Emma, and Leah. Uh, What's our update for the week? Let's see. I went to a beautiful birth, first time mama, who I'm sure will love to share her story in a few months. Um, Yeah, we had a baby who needed a little attention, um, but we didn't need to do any resuscitation. And we had um, a postpartum hemorrhage that needed attention, but no Pitocin or anything like that. Um, so yes, we were able to stay home. And I think that's one important piece about home birth support is a lot of times, most of the time you can stay home, even if there's some complications. How were your weeks? Uh, it was good. I feel like you have more to share about your exciting personal week though, with your new assistant and Oh yeah. I hired a personal assistant. So I've officially made it big. That's huge. (laughs) I was walking with a friend who hired one to support her running her business. And I was thinking, I want that. And will she also order me deodorant when I get low? (laughs) (laughs) Like, will she cross over into my personal life? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, because I don't know how it is for you ladies, but I think of all the things I need to do when I'm driving. Mm -hmm. And then two weeks later, I'm like, gosh, dang it. I never did any of those. (laughs) Um, And I have lists and like to-do lists and all that. And they just keep building and getting bigger and bigger, bigger. Um, And I address the ones that are most important. And then the rest kind of just sit there. Um, So I'm really excited to get it out of my brain and hand it over to someone and, and take on projects that I've always wanted to do in my business, but just felt like there's no way I don't have the time to do that and manage it. Um, Sorry, that was my phone. We're all on call, but this person is not in labor. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that's really exciting. We'll see how it goes. We're going to kind of learn together. Um, Yeah. So it's great. It's like, being a badass business owning. You know, you've made it when mom, pretty much woman, a dream come true. Um, yeah. My week has been good. I was doing that overnight work, just picking up a little extra, which is always fun to do temporarily. There are women who do that for their main, main work, a lot of it. And my hat is off to them. Um, yeah, but it's, was really sweet the baby was really really lovely um but I was ready to be back in my own bed so I'm excited to uh just have that be the case mm-hmm. <laughs> except births which I'm always okay not being in my own bed for births um I started trying to be more physical this week I have in the past been very active and um just really love hiking and I used to trail run like almost daily and I just during COVID 
nonsense, just stop doing all that for a variety of reasons. So it's been feeling good. You're like, I'll just stop until this is over. Right. And then a year later, oh, wait. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it was, I think it coincided with a lot of other things happening in my life where I, I was just like, you know, I'm just going to not do this for a little while and mm-hmm. see how it feels in my body. And then my body feels like, um, a piece of concrete. So <laughs> I'm over that feeling. So I've been doing yoga and I actually, this morning I was doing a little bit outside and thinking about the potential now to do some yoga classes for my family, some privates. And, you know, we talked about doing some yoga as a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but that kind of was fun. It was just like remembering that piece of myself. So that feels good. And couple interviews this week ready for some some fall babies Mm -hmm. some winter babies and then yeah just a lot of really good feedback from from Erica's interview it's interesting as you guys probably have had this experience is it's just so connected the world of for me it's like the world of dance and birth and um, healers and just people that I had no idea knew each other mm-hmm. reached out after the pod and I was like oh I've known her forever and mm, that's cool you know just um, really appreciated her attitude about you know how to bring your baby in and um, things where I was like of course you know each other (laughs) yeah you're both rad you're both rad Mm -hmm. and just you know our people Mm -hmm. our people so Mm -hmm. that's my week yeah she was amazing man I re-listened to the podcast and I took even more away than when I was watching I wish we would have recorded visual of her because she's just so Mm -hmm. fun to watch when she talks Mm -hmm. um but man yeah that was really really incredible um as somebody that's trying to have a baby I was like "Woo, yeah everybody needs to hear this mm-hmm. um yeah my week was good I went to a birth and I hope you guys can't hear our girls <laughs> being half lumps upstairs but at least they're having fun <laughs> um I went to a birth it was amazing and uh I noticed a, a variation of a placenta that I'd never seen mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. which was pretty cool as a student it's called uh, placenta fenestrata. If any of you midwives have seen that out there, uh, it's interesting because it's supposed to be really rare. And the midwife that I attended the birth with said that she sees them two or three times a year in this area of Northern California, Mendocino County specifically. Wondering if it's like an environmental thing or because of the Northern California fires. I don't know. Do you think it's pot? I no. I would be. I mean, that's a blanket statement, but I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. When, well, this mama definitely because that's the only thing not. with smoke. Yeah, yeah. I've heard some placenta stuff. Secondhand. <laughs> no, I mean, I yeah, but she mm-hmm. yes, but no, she wasn't. She was not that type of person. Um, no hate at all. Trust me. Um, but interesting to see. I guess nutrition. Um. Uh, have you guys ever seen that? I have never seen it. I saw, like I, you know, I looked at the pictures that, like, I Googled the name, which sounds like a pasta dish. It does. Um, like yeah, that's what you said. I know. Well, I think it's pasta. You're like, like, that's not right. It's Italian. It's, it's Italian. Pasta. Um, you know, in Utah, I saw so many variations of placentas that I've never seen, hadn't seen before and haven't seen since. And mm-hmm. I'm convinced it was, it was um, environmental and nutritional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, where it looked 
like I couldn't really see from the pictures of the Google, but what I what I could relate it to was looking like someone just like hole punched yeah. into the placenta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I I do remember seeing that a couple times. But then also like placentas that just like crumble in your hands, yeah. like hamburger meat. Yeah. You know, I have or seen that. or ones that are like, you know, the size of hamburgers oh, or yeah. odd lobes that are like, you know, because you see placentas with multiple lobes, but where it looks God. like not a healthy like oh look this placenta has... or my son's placenta yes. <laughs> it looked it looked almost white <laughs> yeah but his, I mean right. these were very safe nor like there wasn't any other I don't know if Ben's placenta was connected to his condition I mean probably well I don't I think that it's more connected with my bleeding because I mm. bled for so long that mm-hmm. it just looked anemic <laughs> you know yeah. like mm-hmm. that's what I took from it yeah 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 I was it was definitely interesting to see the, the different mm-hmm. types of placental health there yeah. versus here. Mm-hmm. What did, um, can we say the midwife whose birthday mm-hmm. was? Lisa, what did Lisa say about it? Um, she said that it's interesting that she, she actually, when she sees a really nutrient rich placenta, that's like the standard size and she's like, that's rare to me now. She's like, I'm always seeing something that's kind of wonky. Um, and she's like, since COVID, which is interesting. She said she's talked huh. to other midwives and since the lockdown, maybe it's stress, I don't know, but she said that she's only been seeing placentas that have like some weird variation. Hmm. So we had an interesting conversation about that because I've seen some interesting placentas in the year that I've apprenticed. Um, so, you know, I don't have a lot to base it off of, but um yeah I mean it was interesting because for me I looked took one look at that and I'm like is that retained and she's like no so it was like how you know trying to teach me to Mm -hmm. look for like what to look for so that I you know know that that's what that is and it's not retained interesting it was interesting it could be hard to see with placenta sometimes when there's like a variation and looking for whether it's like a jagged tear you know like or if it's just grown in a Mm-hmm. that piece missing or mm-hmm. you know it's got a battle door insertion or like something that's not crazy but not t- completely typical mm-hmm. whether it's like if it's retained or if it's abnormal like you know whether it's like there's a pathology to it or if it's just a weird looking placenta. my favorite thing to see when I'm examining placentas is the yolk sac have you come across that before Yeah, I haven't seen it in quite a while, but when I was a doula and a student midwife and I was processing a lot more placentas and so seeing a lot more than just my practice, I saw a lot of yolk sacs. Usually they were within the membrane. So if you're not examining the membrane, you might miss it. Like if you're just focusing on the, the meat of the placenta, but it will be within the two layers of the membrane. And it looks like, um, a bell pepper seed. I've totally seen it. That's, I even, that's I even know the that's yolk sac. And a lot of times it just gets absorbed within the placenta. So you don't see it. It's always there, but it's just like within it sometimes, but somewhere, but occasionally it's on the membranes and then you can really see it. Um, and it's really cool to show families that, you know, this is the first thing that sustained mm-hmm. your baby, you know, um, before the placenta took over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's super rad. Yeah. It's neat when people come to me and which is like, I don't know, at least half of people were like, well, 
of course I found out I was pregnant after I went to Vegas or like was at a wedding and you know everybody's been drinking or doing some kind of activity they're they're concerned and I'm always like the yolk sack nature's way of continuing itself without birth idiocracy (laughs) yeah that's great. Yeah. Cool. Good check-in, ladies. Yeah, well, we could just roll placentas. I was going to say, I mean, it kind of sounds like we're talking about that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Well, in the birth you you had talked about, there was an element of the placenta where it was just sitting there before you had noticed bleeding. Yeah. Yeah, this last birth I was at, um, we had gotten her out of the tub and she just kind of crashed on the couch for a little bit. Um, and her placenta came out in like 25 minutes. Um, and so at one point she said that she was cramping and she could feel like it was coming and she was, we had covered her in a bunch of blankets to keep her and baby warm. And so I was sitting by her feet and I just kind of lifted up the blanket and she pushed and this huge gush of blood came out and covered me. And then I looked down and she's just kind of pouring blood out but I could see her her vulva was open and the placenta was just sitting right there and and so I pulled the placenta out with the cord um got it in a bowl and she was just still pouring blood so I got chucks underneath her um and I checked her fundus and it was firm but when I checked you know more gushes of blood and so she had a lot of blood loss but felt fine the whole time I asked my assist to get the Pitocin and just keep it nearby um and I just kept saying how are you feeling you feel good and she was like yeah I feel great so we never gave her anything and her bleeding stopped um um yeah and usually I don't assist placentas out usually mamas just do it on their own but um I really wanted that placenta out (laughs) right there asking to be taken Um, what's so when you I guess mostly related to placentas because we're talking about that but mm -hmm. you see bleeding Mm -hmm. that's like you know gushing or something that you're like Mm -hmm. okay this is something this is going down the stream in a different direction Mm -hmm. um what's the first line you think of the first line like you mean of like action yeah um, I usually think of bringing the Pitocin close by. That's uh-huh. usually the first thing I want. Yeah. Cause it's usually off in the corner somewhere. Right. And so that's usually my thought. I mean, I'm just thinking of the last couple births where, you know, it popped into my head and it's like, I just want it like sitting next to me, <laughs> you know, it just feels like as long as like, if you keep the medicine in your pocket, you won't need it. Kind of sure. thing. Totally. So that has been the first thing that I ask is to bring it closer um and then I'm usually checking the fundus mm-hmm. um and checking in on how she feels or just looking at her and seeing how she feels um yeah what about you I was trying to think about um Angelica when we've done that for bleeding mm-hmm. we were because oh, we talked about this birth and I can't remember when I asked you this but I was like when's the last time we did do Pitocin because you were mm-hmm. saying you haven't done Pitocin Mm-mm since you since you started since I was a student yeah I mean I've done them for other midwives I assisted for but not in my practice right but not your clients Mm -hmm. um and I was just thinking us working together when it's the last time we did Pitocin and I can think of one I mean the one that comes to mind was a retained issue Mm -hmm. but 
but I don't think we've done Pitocin for a long time since we started working together. And I mm-hmm. feel like if I'm just trying to think of the things we actually have done mm-hmm. that weren't like breastfeeding or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I mean, sport, like co uh, not Kohosh, um, Shepherd's person mm-hmm. and Angelica. I feel like we've done droppers of that, but I feel like those are usually more about the placenta and less about bleeding. I've always read that it was for hemorrhage. Shepherd's well, birth. it's they're both for hemorrhage around the placenta, though. Mm-hmm. Like it's to bring the placenta and then to contract the uterus. Mm-hmm. Shepherd's purse isn't about placenta; mm-hmm. it's just about uterus. Because you don't you don't give shepherd's purse before the placenta. Yes, no, I meant more like the Angelica is uh, less about like a mom actively hemorrhaging, and more for for what I've used it for in the past, and more of a okay it's been a while for placenta let's like work through our steps you know Uh kind of thing like what do we want to try first and that kind of thing see I've never used it I haven't used it to like encourage placenta birth I've used Mm -hmm. it like bleedings kind of continuing and the placenta Mm -hmm. doesn't like you know seem like it's coming Mm -hmm. so I've done like two dropper folds under the tongue Mm mm-hmm and then afterwards, after placenta, I've done shepherd's purse for a boggy uterus. Mm-hmm. And then I've left it with families, mm-hmm. which might get me in trouble because I don't know if I'm supposed to do this. <laughs> but I've, I've left yeah. it with people and been like, hey, if you feel like you're bleeding a little bit more, you're concerned, do this and then call me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone needs a medical license to purchase no. them. You know, I think no. that's where the line gets drawn, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can go down to Whole Foods and get that. So right, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Um, other placental abnormalities that either of you have seen? I've seen like calcium deposits. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if that's what that was, but just big white like bubbles mm-hmm. all over mm-hmm. the placenta. And I was like, that's interesting. Like, are you talking about maternal side or fetal side? Like where uh, the vessels, Schultz. the vessels, fetal side. yeah, fetal mm-hmm. side. Um, you're talking about like bubbles within the membrane mm-hmm. or the tissue, yeah, or... within the membrane. Uh-huh. Yeah, calcifications are more on the maternal side, mm-hmm. and they're like gritty, Crystal. gritty white deposits um, on the on the maternal side. No, that was on the fetal side, and it was like big bubbles that could be popped. Oh yeah, and that's not calcium. I would think more like a cyst, yeah, or something, yeah, or like but fatty like, deposits. Oh, okay, because it mm-hmm. was like white, white. Just yeah, maybe maybe um, fatty deposits. Trying to think of like the cool placentas that I love placentas. Mm-hmm. We all love placentas. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think of the more interesting ones. I mean, I had a a client who was also a student midwife years ago she didn't care anyway but she had a like total um velamentous insertion which i guess doesn't really have to do so much with the placenta but it was like kind of the cord was directly inserted on the opposite side of the amniotic sac i mean it was crazy Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. i've had somewhere i'm like oh that kind of that kind of looks velamentous but Mm -hmm. this was like you know yeah shocking and she had had multiple ultrasounds and nothing had picked it up and nothing mm-hmm. you know um and her water broke 
I have a picture of it somewhere. I'll try to find it for you guys. Um, her water broke and her, you know, it's her second baby. I was there for like five seconds, you know, mm -hmm. um, but her husband and her son caught him. And after the placenta was born, everything came out. There was like a hole where baby came through that was like two inches above on all sides of her vessels. Oh, wow. Like it was like the one spot where the bag of waters could open and not pressure anything mm -hmm. all of us Babies the midwives know. went and like changed our underwear yeah about we were yeah. just like and shit. this is why we don't rupture membranes exactly <laughs> no that was and the midwife who assisted me she actually missed the birth but she was there right after she was like man this is why we just you know it's like we just don't she was it was one of the most clear ones she'd ever seen and she's been practicing for like you know 30 years mm -hmm. 30 plus years um was Diane she didn't care. Mm -hmm. but yeah so so that was crazy that was one of those like this is why we don't fuck with birth right mm -hmm. yeah because babies know well the baby probably wouldn't have pushed through a vessel right you yeah. know but a little but, a, but an opening you know but right. a hook totally could mm -hmm. um, yeah wow. that's amazing that is crazy mm -hmm. so what is the longest time frame you've seen a placenta come out because you know they say the average is 20 minutes and that it should be out you know within 30 um and I know some care providers will wait an hour but most people don't feel comfortable going longer than that um what has been your experience in an hour an hour mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then um what are what are the steps usually to help facilitate um a shot of pitocin mm -hmm. and core traction mm -hmm. have you ever seen it go poorly or do they usually just come out after that i've just noticed you know it's it's tough because i didn't know what i didn't know mm -hmm. but like definitely seeing that clients didn't want that and i was like just doing what i was told to do. And I thought that's what we were supposed to do, mm -hmm. but, um, it was kind of always expected that as soon as the baby was born, we'd get them out of the water and we would try and get the placenta out with nipple stimulation and nursing. And if that didn't work, um, then just trying to see if the placenta was there and ready to come out. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've definitely pulled on a cord and seen that the birthing person was not super enthused, but, mm -hmm. Um, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> Just how long um, have you seen providers wait for a placenta? And mm -hmm. then if they choose to do anything, what do they do to try to get it out? Yeah. 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 Getting the placenta out. Yeah. And I've, I mean, I've talked to other students that have pulled on a cord and pulled the cord off. Oh gosh. And that's like, okay, now what? I snapped my own cord. Yeah. <laughs> After you're fired. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Leah? Yeah. It's changed a lot for me from, I mean, different providers. I think the timeline is similar. Like definitely after an hour, it's the topic. It's like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, it's mm -hmm. not anymore at all. Mm -hmm. in my practice or yours, I think, Sophia. Yeah, I think um, we've kind of said that, you know, 
until 45 minutes, we don't even really bring it up. Obviously, if there's an issue and there's bleeding, you know, that kind of thing. Well, and sometimes but, moms are like, okay, is this done? Like, should, right. should I be doing something? I just want to have this finished. And it's right. like, okay, you know, why don't we try the birth stool or turn nursing mm-hmm. or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it was generally within the first half hour for sure. And mm-hmm. um, like wanting that to be done before we move to the bed and before we move mm-hmm. to start, you know, tidying up or doing, you know, it's like that needs to be in sequence before mm-hmm. these other things. And mm-hmm. well, and it does when it, when it is delayed, if it's even delayed, it does leave this lingering feeling of you're not done yet, you know? Yeah. And I've seen some moms who, their placentas do take longer where they are a little frustrated, not even because of any pressure from anyone, but just, I want to be done. I just want to like cuddle with my baby and it feels like unfinished business and feeling crampy and I don't feel good. And yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's part of the stages of birth, right? Mm -hmm. Third stage. So once that's complete is when you do enter postpartum. So it is still kind of like a piece of the birth mm-hmm. that's continuing but mm-hmm. yeah I as I practice longer obviously I and with you Sophia like I it's just not something that's like prime on the mind you know mm-hmm. I would say around an hour is pretty typical mm-hmm. it's either like it just happens and it's done or like around an hour we're like oh well maybe you want to start doing this or, you know, usually it's the, um, the birthing person's lead Mm -hmm. when they're sort of like, okay, I'm ready to just kind of be done. Like you said, um, you know, in the hospital, it's just, I'm lucky enough to not have to be a hospital first very often. Um, but if I ever am and I do, I see the delivery of a placenta, it just like cements into my heart, how I don't want to do it because it's so violent Mm -hmm. and, um, it's just so intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. And I think, um, the way I practice has a lot to do with actually my first birth. Cause in hindsight, I felt like there was a lot of pressure put on me to get my placenta out. Um, and we tried a bunch of different things, um, and finally decided to transport it for hours. And I always wonder what it would have been like if that pressure wasn't put on me. Um, If the reason it didn't come is because I felt so much pressure. And so I just always questioned that later. It wasn't even initially, it was like years later in processing my birth experience. Um, But yeah, so usually unless, you know, moms are asking sooner um, about getting it out, um, we usually just don't even bring it up. And then, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, we just say, you know, are you feeling crampy? You know, mm-hmm. just do a check-in because um, the placenta is still not out. And of course, we're talking about all this um, prenatally as well. Um, but just like a reminder, if they're just so engrossed in their baby, like right. reminder, not done yet. Um, so let us know when you're feeling crampy. And sometimes placentas just evacuate themselves and other times you really got to push it out, Mm -hmm. you know, especially Mm -hmm. the longer, um, the clock is ticking. Um, you, you know, mama's got to get up and really bear down. And some have said it felt like not like giving birth again, obviously, because there's no bones and all that, but that they really had to put effort into it. They, and they just thought it was just going to fall out, you know? Um, 
Yeah. So, and I know some things are usually our first to go to is, you know, get her up to pee, Mm -hmm. get her to the toilet, give her some alone time. Um, Maybe depending on how she's feeling, we've had some mamas climb in the shower, you know, Mm -hmm. and just kind of eat. Yeah. Eat something. Um, and of course, baby nursing, all those things. Um, I'm thinking of one birth in particular where we tried a bunch of things and we ended up having her lay on her back in bed, grab one of our arms in like a crunch position. Mm-hmm. And when she felt a contraction and then with like gentle cord traction, because it was just like sitting right there. Uh-huh. But every time she tried to pull the placenta out, she was like, oh, no, no, no. You know, it's because it feels like a big thing, you know. Um, and then, yeah, with that like crunch and everything and the slight pull, it just came right like, out. Whoop. And she was like, oh, that's so much better. <laughs> mm-hmm. like that's happened a couple of times. I'm trying to think of who you're talking yeah. about. But yeah, it's. I feel like it ends up being like, okay, I'm just ready for this to be done. And usually mm-hmm. it's right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and usually. It's just a matter of like, you know, like I've helped guide placentas, mm-hmm. even forcefully, like I'm pulling, but we know it's detached and yeah. it's just sitting there. And it's, you know, I, mm-hmm. I feel like people have said it's your abdominal muscles are just so tired. They're like, I don't even think I can push. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's why I think that crunch really helped because mm-hmm. it like basically forced it. Yeah. you know, to contract, but, um, yeah, when I, um, doula for a family that was free birthing, um, after her baby was born, you know, and like an hour or so went by and she said, okay, I think I'm, you know, feeling good. And we just kind of want alone time. And so we left and I normally wouldn't have done that as a midwife, but, you know, cause the placenta had not been born, but, um, they were a family that was taking full responsibility and they just wanted me there for support for the birth and, and her placenta ended up taking 19 hours and she did end up really like handing the baby over to the dad, still attached to the cords, still attached to the placenta inside her body and got against the wall. And just, she was like, it was like, I was in labor pushing again. I just had to push with all my might. I can only imagine her cervix probably had closed up, you know, around the cord. So she was like, I had to work hard to deliver that placenta. Um, And we had, you know, talked about things to look for, um, you know, and checking fundus and bleeding and all that. Um, But it was amazing to see 19 hours and everything was okay. And it just kind of opened my eyes to what the range of normal could look like, you know, and I've never seen anyone go that long before. I've heard stories, but, um, but I kind of bring it up with my families that just because it stays in doesn't mean something's wrong necessarily. It could, but it doesn't mean that. And, you know, she wasn't done with her labor process and she just wanted to, you know, she was tired and wanted to go to bed. And, and so talking about how it can get more difficult to get the placenta out later because the cervix does start to close. Um, so yeah, but that was really eye opening to me. And is that different for every person? Like the timing? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that one woman like has a certain time frame that she delivers the placenta. Is that what you're asking? No, like, when the cervix begins to close. Oh, I assume it's slightly different for everyone. Um, but I don't know if anyone's ever checked, mm-hmm. you know, postpartum. Because that's like the main reason why we want to get it out? 
I mean, and the fact that bleeding can continue and infection, infection, yeah, just, yeah. Mm -hmm. Just to have it be done. Yeah. I mean, my placenta is just like presented themselves almost instantly after birth. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't have any personal experience with placental frustrations. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember June's placenta delivery as when Mm -hmm. I had the hospital. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't remember birthing it. I don't remember where it went. I know I didn't have Pitocin or anything. I was sutured. You weren't a midwife or a student midwife at that point? I was a student midwife. You were a student midwife. Yeah. Okay. Um, But I don't, but it was new. I like really didn't. Mm -hmm. And you were probably just so enamored with your baby yeah I was you know? I was high as a kite yeah and that was one all, of actually the most frustrating parts was I feel like I missed out on a few hours in the beginning mm. there with him because that I was so focused on trying to get it out and do all the things that the only time I really held him besides when he was immediately born was um nursing him to try to get the placenta, but the point of nursing him wasn't just to nurse him, it was to get the placenta out. There's right. just like right. so much focus, it felt like so much pressure to me. The clock, yes. the starting of the clock. Yes. Yeah, so for, you know, if we're in a situation where it's like, okay, it's, we're wanting to, mom's asking for some tools to help bring the placenta, she's kind of over it. You know, we're not, we haven't been looking at the clock by any means, nothing's wrong, mm-hmm. you know, um, stuff that we've done to help bring placenta, um, cohosh, right? Mm-hmm. I don't, I haven't done Angelica, but you have, mm-hmm. Sophia. Um, and I've done um, the homeopathics um, of black and blue cohosh too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder what else, like if people want to comment too on the, on the Instagram page, like if we post something like tips that they, mm-hmm. things that they do tricks. Yes. Um, obviously like nursing baby. Yes. Nipple stimulation. Mm-hmm. Um, Just even getting up and like mm-hmm. squatting. gravity, gravity, mm-hmm. alone time privacy, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I personally have tried the cord traction. And I remember looking at my midwife and saying, so can I hurt myself? Can I pull too hard? And she was like, you would, you'll know, you'll feel it, you know, if it's not right. And I was like, okay, cool. And so I pulled as hard as I could. It didn't hurt at all, but the cord snapped off. (laughs) I was sitting on the toilet and because when it snapped, it just like splattered the door with blood. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And so she got like a hemostat and clamped it. Um, I was just laughing. It wasn't. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Uh, I was like, well, that didn't work. <laughs> it is interesting to talk to other midwives in the community about sort of our placenta ways because it's their eyes get big. Mm-hmm. I did a birth couple, like probably a year ago with a with a midwife friend who um, I think it was five hours mm-hmm. the placenta took mm-hmm. four or five. And she just was like, tell me about placenta. Tell me how you do placentas. And I was uh-huh. sort of like, okay, well, I don't really do them. That's why. They but, do me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that we're supposed to have them out sooner. Mm-hmm. Emma, when you did your module for placentas, was there any other remedies that we didn't mention for a retained placenta? 
Yeah, I was just trying to remember that. I think just homeopathy, uh, the caliphylum, and smissifuga. Perfect. Smissifuga. 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 That's a fun thing to say. And pulsatilla. We're all, um, what I researched, yeah, I need to go back and research again, but that was what came up for placenta. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the bottom line for all of us is just, you know, in, in allowing in quotes, families to be pressure free in their placentas, we've been able to see such this wide variety of delivery times and just trying to remind ourselves to treat each family individually and look for symptoms of, um, you know, issue basically, and not treating them all the same. And if a mom is doing great, and there's no signs of problems, then what's the harm in waiting? Because mm-hmm. we've been to enough births now where we've seen there is no harm other than her frustration, you know, yeah. occasionally. I think picturing like the placenta just rolling out into a bowl, I feel like mm-hmm. complications have decreased significantly yeah. that I've seen in my own practice and then just doing births with you in general, like mm-hmm. when we just don't, it just doesn't feel like this edge of like, and now, you know, like baby's coming or we're watching for core, watching for this. Mm-hmm. And now we're watching for placenta. Like, I just feel that kind of melts away. That we're not just watching for the bad things, you know, that yeah, we this, recognize. It just comes, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it just, it just comes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You know, I would love randomly before we go mm-hmm. is I do love placentas and I don't, um, I wonder if there are people that, I lots of people do encapsulation and like do prints and stuff, but if there's anyone that knows like placenta magic, like mm. more details about things to make with the placenta or like ways to incorporate it into hemorrhage um, prevention or stopping it or just like the magic around the placenta, that would be a fun interview. Thanks everybody for listening. You can find us at Born Wild Podcast on Instagram. For inquiries or feedback, you can email us at bornwildpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me, Emma Ray, on Instagram at Emma Ray, R-E-A, Sophia at sophiabirth.com, and me, Leah, at Bay Area Home Birth. We would really appreciate it if you would rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps us reach more people. And as always, stay stay wild. wild.